The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydercat. You can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnose Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. <laughs> nice. Um, and the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn one agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings, where we've been known to bum rush a person or five. <laughs> Indeed. And you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast perusable place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, you can also find us uh, recording every, mostly every Thursday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time um, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation, which I thought had a problem for a second. And twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live. Uh, so folks, yeah, another, another week, uh, another set of, uh, uh, things going on for this here show. Um, I, I was going to say, Hey, you know what? Sometimes you gotta, you, you have to start clean in order to, to get things uh, back in order, but I didn't want to have to do that the way I wanted to do that, <laughs> uh, coming out of last year. Um, uh, and I'm talking about with, uh, PC issues, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Uh, but we are going to get into a discussion on Marvel's Echo, which uh, the whole five uh, episode season just uh, just dropped like this past Tuesday. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about what we thought about it. We're not going to go through every single show because, you know, because that's kind of a it's kind of a thing to do an all in one fell swoop. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's five episodes. They are on the longer side. They're not 20-something minutes. They are on the 30-plus or 40-plus minute uh, side uh, on in terms of length. But, uh, you know, this five-episode series dropped 
just the other day. We, we have to give people some time to watch it and further to digest it because there are some uh, you know, interesting plot points and story points that are made that are expressed in the in the series and maybe we'll talk more we'll be more at liberty to talk about it next week because that will have given some more people time to watch it and we won't necessarily we'll probably still have to uh ring the spoiler bell but we won't be as limited in what we you know what we would think about saying right and i was going to say um like if we were doing a um a treasure edition on the show which i'm not sure this this is this warrants it you know we probably would have gone a little bit more in depth on uh each uh episode right so there is that uh that being said uh overall well i guess just start with the end overall impressions of the show for you before we dig in. i liked i liked it except for the ending i thought mm. the ending was the weakest part of the show i liked the characters i liked the actors that they brought in to play some of these characters um, you know, spoiler alert, I'm a big fan of Biscuits. I, I thought Biscuits was hysterical. Um, you know, the fact that they let somebody run around named Biscuits, I, I thought that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I think that um, the uh, the actor who plays Maya Lopez, uh, her name escapes me. I should know it because I know I read it and saw it a bunch of times already. Alakwa Cox. Alakwa Cox, right. She is very good at being uh, expressive with her face because obviously she really, you know, she's she's uh, she's deaf and not, you know, she's not mute, but, you know, she definitely doesn't speak. Uh, So, you know, she has to do more with the other forms of expression that she has. And so she has a very good way of expressing both intensity and other varying emotions and i you know and and it's a credit to her so i really like what she does there are um i think and i'll hand it off to you on your thoughts there are a couple of interesting mcuifications um that we may see in the comics based off of this show this rendition of echo um, I don't know. I haven't re I have not really followed the character, but it'd be interesting to see what they choose to adapt. Hmm. So I'm going to say one, I, and I did enjoy the show for the most part. Um, the, the couple of characters that, that I ended up enjoying, enjoying were, uh, are Chula and, uh, Scully who were the more, uh, senior, uh, right. um, uh, co co stars of the joint, um, uh, but also to to go back to go on um, eighty seven is point um, about Alakwa Cox and you know having to do more um, without actually speaking. There is that, and I, and I do enjoy the fact that uh, along with her and the other um, uh, the other co stars who you know um, played against her you know who knew who i guess learned learned or already knew sign language you know kind of it worked well and they they still you know the the intensity of their their um their interactions was still there while they were you know while they were uh signing with her you know and you know and, and in some cases talking while doing so 
you know, and everything was still there. So I, I that part was uh, was pretty great. The, um, there was a thing I was going to mention, which we talked about last week in that. And I don't know if you tried this uh, or not, uh, Agent 70, but um, they said that they had dubbed the I presumed the whole series in the um, in the Choctaw uh, language. Choctaw language. Choctaw yeah. language. Excuse yeah. I, me. Did not, um, I did not try it. I did not try it. So I tried a little bit in the first episode just to see what it sounded like. And in fact, I, I, I almost because I wanted to do it and then go back to when a certain character comes into play uh, of which, you know, so most people would probably guess if they have been keeping up with the character and coming out of uh, Hawkeye to see if they did anything like that. But uh, when I went to another when when I was in a watching another uh, episode, I did not see the the language show up mm. because in the first language it was like first when you changed you know, when you changed the um, uh, changed languages. But in the couple of others that I saw when I thought about it later on, I did not see those options there then. So I don't know if that was a if that was a thing that they just did for the first episode or they did do it for the whole thing. And I'm just not seeing it for some reason. Cause I went through the whole list of the ones, uh, the, the, uh, of what they had out there for the options. options. Right. Yeah. And I didn't see them. So, okay. But, but I thought they said, I could have sworn they said they did it. the whole right. thing. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they said, I think what we were reporting, uh, from our secondary sources was that they did it for all of the episodes. So, right. you know, uh, obviously we're not going to double check it now, right. but, um, after, after we record, after this the show, after this show, we'll probably both have a chance to take a look at the, uh, the episodes again. Right. Um, but that being said, um, I, and the reason why, I, other reason why I wanted it, cause I wanted to see, um, how the uh, uh, the voice acting against specifically a, a certain character was going to be up against uh, uh, the the English version, right? But there's a you know what's funny is that I wonder what they would have done with a particular joke if they would have translated translated it. I mean, buy the damn thing, buy right. the damn. <laughs> I doubt it. I don't know if they would have. Well, they probably would have still did it because just so they would have to cut in. Right, so, right, but yeah, so the, but but it wouldn't have changed it. So they I, just, I, 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 I did find myself laughing. Right, I it's pretty good. Yeah, matter of fact, go ahead and bring that part up. Well, I mean, if you want to bring that part up about certain things that that you found uh, um, uh, amusing in the show. Well, I mean, by the damn thing, yeah. um, you know, I, I I consistently found biscuits amusing. <clears throat> um, let's see. Um, the references to 80s music because of the 80s and 90s yes. music because of the, the kind of a central social hub mm -hmm. in this particular Oklahoma town. You know, that's a spoiler alert. That's a yeah. spo that's a smile spoiler is that a lot of this happens in Oklahoma. And uh, one of the central parts of their town is. Let's just say. uh I don't want to say a, a, a relic, but it's ultimately something that seems a little bit more antiquated to me than, you know, than 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 maybe to them. But no, ultimately, it kind of is. Yeah, ultimately though, they they still they still kind of flock to it, and uh, you know, it's kind of a, a social center of the town, right? Because it's a smaller town, 
Uh, and right. so they, you know, and the place like that, yeah, would probably be a place where people would be because of the fact that it's a smaller town. Uh, so, but yeah, I would, I would probably, as much as I hate to say it, I would probably go so far as to call it a relic because let's face it, I don't even know. I mean, there, I'm sure places like that still exist. Sure. I have not seen one. In fact, the, the couple that were around here have not been around for quite some time. Right. So, you know, there is, I mean, Bowling Alley also, which is not the place we're talking about, you know, they're still around, but, you know, they're still kind of of an era, but that's also kind of different because you know, there's things behind that. Regardless, though, um, so the 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 Bidus thing, Bidus thing, the 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 character that speaks that line, like I said, he's like as I told Age of Seventy, he's kind of one of those people who's like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, that guy, you seeing him in some stuff, and, and you kind of know, like I know that dude from Defiance, which is an old sci-fi TV <laughs> show, but I know he's mm-hmm. also been in stuff like Dance with the Wolves and uh, or not Dance, maybe Dance with the Wolves, something like. But he's been in a lot of shit, right? So so to see him, it was it was like, okay, you know, you were going to get a treat one way or the other. Um, and then Chula, I feel like I've seen her somewhere, but I don't, I don't know if that's the case. Oh yeah, she's definitely been uh, around. I've right. seen her, right? So I was like, all right, so we, we're we're clearly going to get some capital A, <laughs> some capital A acting going on in, in this piece. But that's why they were kind of my favorites. I did like Biscuits, but also at the same time, it's like he just kind of reminded me of a, um, kind of a Zach Galifianakis, a little. But it was so wacky because, like, why are they drive? What, like, why is the steering on that side of the truck? Right here in the states, right? right. <laughs> what? what? What on earth? You know. So, so anyway, like that's a that, that's the mildest spoiler because you you just will not understand why that truck exists. Actually, you do. I think because of I had to go back and check, but like, I think. There are certain vehicles that that are in the states that do have that, and those are mail trucks. And I thought mm-hmm. at first that's what that was, but it was, but that is an actual truck that right. I think they might be using as one. And that's why I thought it was like that. But I'm not entirely sure if that's what. Like I said, I have to go back and look. You, could, you could be right because that is in fact the the uh, like the side gig or the gig of one of the characters, right? So that's what I was. That's what I was thinking because I thought about that at first too. But then I was like, "Oh wait, there's someone on the side of the truck," and I thought it was kind of along those lines. So that might be why. Mm-hmm. So, but the but um, all in all, I I still think it was a solid show. Um, I kind of am curious of the fact, um, because we can speculate all day long about why did they decide to put all of the episodes out as opposed to you know piecing them out like they like they do some of the quote unquote slightly bigger characters even will still like, we know this whole spotlight thing is, is a, is a, um, you know, is a new endeavor, but not really a new endeavor because that's, it's pretty much the same as all the old Netflix shows. Right. Um, which they did again, do, um, you know, week to week. So some would argue it, it could be because, well, maybe, 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 maybe not. They didn't have much confidence of it. I don't know if that still washes in these days. I mean, in, in this context anymore, um, because they definitely, you know, it, it was a choice one way or the other, but cause right. we know, especially coming out of what if they did, um, they did a whole event, you know, whole, what a week and a half event out of that. And Loki came out week to week, mm-hmm. you know, so who's to say what is what regardless, um, it is out there and, you know, for, I choose for, not for to think about 
you know, I, I, I just want to look at the quality of it and right. I think it was fine. I think it was mostly good. Like I said, except for the ending, <laughs> um, I wanted to mention one thing, you know, we talked about the, the MCU the possible MCU of the, of the couple character, comic book character going forward. But, you know, we, we talked about this in our pre-production meeting and it hasn't come up yet in our conversation on the air, but we, reported a story that I believe was from the point of view of either the showrunner or the director. I can't, you know, don't, don't quote me directly, but as I recall, someone mentioned that they wanted to revamp Echo's powers because her original power set from the comic books was, you know, I, I, I may be misquoting here, but lame. And they gave, they give her, some forms of power that, you know, Roddy Cat speculates is likely uh, Infinity Stone slash gem based. And, you know, we, we, we find that there's some energy-ish power, but ultimately it is a play on her comic book code name, right? Or is, or is related to it in a sense. And I saw that coming a mile away and I talked to Roddy cat about it and he, he, he sort of under, you know, he sort of saw it coming, but I, you know, I, 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 it was one of those times when I wish I had had someone to bet with like, they, I bet you, this is what's going to happen. And I would have won that one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like first episode, I was just like, Oh, 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 I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Yeah, so uh, to kind of get into that just a, a, a little bit, um, I'm still of the mind that it is not a... So they did change some things because um, uh, um, Echo's lineage was not Choctaw. Uh, in fact, her dad was uh, uh, Cheyenne uh, and her mom was Latina, um, but they did, they changed that. Um, if I'm going to stop, they definitely changed that for, for, uh, this story. And as far as her power set is concerned in the comic books, as, as of right now, she is still the holder, holder of the Phoenix force. Now that that is still an X-Pen thing and we are not there in the MCU. So I, my speculation is that one, they, they wanted to try to get her not necessarily there, but at the very least, I'd increase it in the power set, much like they did with uh, Shang-Chi, to where that would be, um, I think Age of 70, you said this uh, a while back when we were talking about Shang-Chi, like kind of bring her up uh, just a little bit more in, in power status, you know, in the MCU, as opposed to what she just has. Because as you, as you said in the, uh, uh, before the show, she's kind of basically Taskmaster. Right. Which, you know, what she is. So to, I guess to, to kind of give her something to, a little different to go on, but also to kind of sort of go the lens to try to parallel a, a, a power set that she has now uh, mm. in, the, in the comic books. Because we know that is a thing that they kind of been doing, much whether we want them to or not. Right. Um, so that being that said, I think that is probably why and yeah and as far as how 
that all manifests itself, which, you know, those parts of it we're not going to talk about because you know, it's still fresh for people. Um, I will, I, as I told Agent 70, I am still looking towards that, the, a particular What If Season 2 episode right. as as a parallel to them, why they did what they did. In fact, right. it might even tie up in, in a way that we don't, you know, we don't know. Yeah. Right, exactly. That we don't know yet. Right. What I, what's interesting is that I wonder if this is uh, laying the groundwork for post Phoenix Echo in the comics. That is a possibility, right? Right. Because yes. we know that the Phoenix power doesn't stay right with whoever's holding it. So right. ultimately, I wonder if that might be like a remnant of the Phoenix power that Echo holds onto. Or some echo of the right, of the exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, the the potential is always there. Um, right. So, but like I said, right now we don't know. We're just kind of going off of what we have. Um, I'm actually was sitting here still looking looking back on older show notes to see if I could find that article that we were talking about, but I don't know if I will because I don't know how far back it was, and I don't want to go too far <laughs> too much farther back. Right. Um, that being said, though, yeah, like I enjoyed the show. The ending of it, um, I just kind of wrote it off as Vince, like, all right, well, all the world's at the end of the world, and they kind of wanted to get it to what we see in the post credits, right? And they had I'm to get it somewhere. Mentioned it before we signed off on our comments on this is that there is in fact a post credit scene in the last episode. Yes, and it's dealing with, uh, and it's dealing with a, a. We'll just go ahead and call him the main, the, the main antagonist uh, mm. of this series. because I thought, because you think about it, they couldn't do the same thing they did with Hawkeye. They already did that, you know. Uh, and if they had, I'm like, okay, so where does go, where is this going to go for whatever? they're going to set up with this whole street level thing that they're clearly doing with the whole Marvel spotlight thing, you know? Right. And from what we found out in the, um, post credit screen to not just give anything away, there is some comic facing. There's a comic facing thing that, that, um, that gets, um, teased out of that, that I'm kind of sort of looking forward to. Honestly, and actually, still kind of reverberates in the comics at this point. Um, whether the similar things that happen in the comics uh, is going to happen in the, the, this part of the MCU, don't know. But like I said, it, it's kind of interesting, and it kind of guess kind of goes back to um, I guess the the one other article that I think I saw that I told Agent Seven saw that, that, that I don't think we talked about about a, a character being. Uh, akin to a certain big bad in the MCU of of these uh, street level characters. Hmm. No, I, did, I I don't recall that. Yeah. Um. I'll 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 remind you uh, after the show. But okay. Either way, um, we kind of push on from there. Like I said, it's a. I think it's. I think it's a good watch. You know, the decision for them to put it all out there all at one time might have been the best one for it. Who's to say, you know, I mean, people are going to watch it, how they watch it regardless. Right. Right. I, like I said, I I choose not to focus on that. I know that, you know, that 
has elements of marketing and, and elements of trying to stay in the zeitgeist and this, that, and the other thing. I get it. You know, I, I know there, I know those are all factors in determining whether or not you want to do the all at once drop or the week by week drop. I get that. So, um, you know, there's let, let, I, I will let other people debate that point. I, I'm just happy that, that the show was actually, you know, good and I think worth the watch other than like a, you know, like I said, like a, like a, a somewhat weak ending, but, hmm. um, you know, bottom line is I would say watch it. And I think that the acting will, you know, will surprise you. Yeah. The shows flow, the shows flow fairly, fairly well. Like I, I, me personally have not found myself wondering when is this going to end type situations. And, uh, as we talked about earlier, like, yeah, they are a little bit on the long side, but they also kind of just as if with other shows, uh, Marvel shows have done, the the um the 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 uh the timing of the show kind of goes down from the original like obviously the the first one kind of has a bunch of setups so it gives a good bit of time and from there it just kind of fluctuates but still kind of goes down uh in length so but like I said, still an enjoyable time um whether i would come back and watch it again at some point maybe somewhere down alone who's to say but you know it at this point i'm like well okay so what are we going to do with this character now in the mcu you know if anything and i hope they do have something because it's a great character you know um but um who's we'll see what happens there that being said uh agent 70 wanted to talk a little bit about uh last week's monarch legacy of uh monsters which i did not get a chance to uh check out yet right we definitely would have spoken about it had roddy cat been able to watch last week's episode i will not spoil it because there's definitely some stuff that i could quickly spoil and roddy cat would be very annoyed i would not want to be in his shoes were that to happen so I will say that I'm looking forward to this. They're calling it a season now. I don't think they have put out word of a renewal, but they are calling it a season finale that would be released uh, as of this recording tomorrow. So um, it's, you know, it's something that I am eagerly awaiting uh, to see. I want to see how they wrap up this season of Monarch. I think that um, they've done an exemplary job, a, a surprising job, but still exemplary of creating, you know, a very character driven story and still sprinkling in some Titan slash monster stuff. But I think the story of the characters is really compelling. I really have enjoyed it. And Getting to this point, I think, is a triumph for the showrunners, for the idea of people behind this show, you know, obviously done hand in hand with the actors and other creatives on it because they, you know, they really done a good job of telling the other side of the monster stories, which is the part that a lot of people never want to see. People want to see monsters duke it out. People honestly, you know, you know, it's probably a good percentage of every Godzilla movie audience j- is just there to see the monsters fight. Let them fight, you know? Right. Oh, so, um, you know, a lot of people don't care for the human side of the stories. But, you know, if you watched Godzilla minus one, you know that a good human story helps a Godzilla or, you know, kaiju movie go a long way. So 
I'm looking forward to finishing it. I know Roddy Cat is looking forward to catching up on the last two, no, on the last episode, on the penultimate episode, and now this last episode. Yeah. And I'll just say that I'm also looking forward to uh, seeing the finale of Reacher. It drops today. So, you know, we'll have a few things to just chit chat about next week. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, oh, sorry. I, I, I was curious about something. So I went to check on the thing whether, oh yeah. Uh-oh. Hmm. Um, so for anyone interested, um, speaking of Godzilla related material, I went to see if, uh, Godzilla minus zero is still in the theaters. Minus one, minus one, minus one, excuse me, minus one. Uh, and yes, it is on from what I'm seeing here from Fandango until Sunday. Hmm. Which is a full month. Mm hmm. That's a full month. More, that is. Right. So if uh like my if anyone like myself who has been curious about it uh or is still wanted to see it while it's in the theaters, you have this weekend as of this uh, recording, if you're watching us live, because this recording usually doesn't come out until Saturday right. or Sunday. I, I uh, hope you I, I hope, you know, uh people make the time. To go see Godzilla minus one in the theaters, it's worth it. Yeah, and and what what sparked me to that was what you were saying about people wanting to see the you know the the human side of a, a Godzilla movie being compelling, and and I know that is right. another example of that being uh, being the case as um, right. Monarch has actually been compelling for the human side, surprisingly. So, that being said, we are going to get into the books of the week starting off with uh rise of the powers of x number one rise of the powers of x number one is written by kieran gillen with art by rb silva colors by david curiel and letters by vcs clayton cowell so you know this is the other side of the coin the other half of the uh fall of x storyline um that is you know basically front and center right now in the x corner of the marvel universe so what was it last week or two weeks ago we had uh uh fall of last house week. of x that was last week was it last mm-hmm. fall of the house of x and now we have the rise of the powers of 10 right so this is more more plays on the original uh hickman uh companion books in this issue in this first issue of this series we have uh, what happens literally 10 years into the future, at least one version of it. And you have to remember that this storytelling uh, mechanism that they're employing in both that first story that, Hick- that Hickman put out, you know, uh, Hawksbox, and now this story all work off of a, a particular story conceit, which is not time travel, but kind of jumping in between various timelines and various outcomes that are available and possible because of a certain power that heretofore hadn't been had been unknown right 
was only discovered in the pages of Hoxpox to be held by a certain character who we did not know was actually a mutant. That is important to remember because that is central to the story that is being told here that has been, you know, kind of woven through some of the other um, uh, fall of and rise of books here because uh, Charles Xavier is planning to do something. And this is probably the one ding I have against this particular book because when I saw what the plan was to try to win or try to undo a lot of the bad things that have happened, all I could say is, and this is a minor spoiler, and and Roddy Cat's doing the motion, is, ah, Chuck. I didn't say this out loud, but all I said to myself, like, in my head was, oh, not baby Hitler. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, you know, and Roddy Cat and I had this discussion in our pre-production meeting, and, you know, he, he was inclined to agree. But otherwise, I really enjoyed this issue. What, what, what did you think of it? Yeah, I did as well. Uh, um, uh, this is the, the pox to the hox pox to the ending phase of the hox pox. As, as a, right. like, I guess I can't call it rocks because there's a P there. But regardless, um, the interesting Ro-pox. part. Yes, Ro-pox. basically. <laughs> Rise yeah. of the rot pox. <laughs> rot pox. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, rock. Shout out to Pop Rocks, but um, oh. <laughs> but yeah. So the, the side of this that I don't, we did not see too much of during the whole course of the Krakoan era was the uh, the jumping of uh, timelines. We saw it here and there, you know, sparingly, but it w- it wasn't a thing that came up like as a big thing up until you know f- from Hox Pox until I guess now. Uh, to speak and now that we know kind of who was behind stuff which i guess was the link we did not see uh in hawks pox um and getting to another thing that we still i don't think we have seen yet but has been kind of alluded to a couple of times um uh i suspect that in hickman family fa- fashion like yeah you saw this coming but you didn't re- fully realize and to what extent it was going to play out. Um, and in this case, going back to what Ada said about a certain uh, formerly unknown mutant, I feel like I need to go back and read um, last week's book because I feel like they said something about that that kind of might have been a retcon to a retcon on, on that particular thing, but I don't. I'm not sure. I might be wrong, or I may be thinking of the 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 big battle around, which, which definitely was a thing uh, mm-hmm. that was thing. In any case, you know, the, all of that will play out. This this particular issue was quite interesting for for a few different things because uh, let's just say we see an X we see an X Men type mission with a team of X Men, um, and if you are versed in the way certain missions tend to go in the X universe. This was definitely one of those missions. Right. Um, for extent. And of course, feel in true Hickman fashion, filled with a lot of uh, exposition on, you know, the here's and the what fors and the uh and linking of things together that was like, okay, so that's where that comes in type situation. So if you're really not up on 
the Krakoan era, much less it's probably especially up into uh, and including Sins of Sinister, you might get lost on some of those stuff. And me being somewhat versed in some of that, you know, in reading of some of this was like, wait, what, huh? When did this, what? Oh, wait, that must have happened. This. I think that it helps to clarify what actually happened in Sins of Sinister, especially for right. someone like me who read most of it, but not all of it. Right. So it was always a little, the Sins of Sinister was always a little tricky to put the pieces together uh, without reading every single page. So yeah. I know I skipped a few things, not nothing major, but obviously right. if everything is required reading, it makes it very difficult to keep up with. So, right. But, but, uh, but as you said, that was the case because, yeah, right. like you said, that because you even coming in going into that and coming out of that, I was like, what is what is this for? And like you said, right. this kind of clarifies a, a lot of why that happened. Right, right, right. So I, I will say that this was a strong issue. It just, you know, there was, there was a couple of small things that really kept it from being a clear uh, uh, click of the week candidate for me. Yeah, it, it, it's also funny for me real quick before we end up is that how it is borrowing from other parts of, or at least I'm thinking is borrowing from other parts of uh, the Marvel Universe because a certain construct, or at least it's two different constructs made from other parts of the MCU was um, was brought up here. I'm like, huh, those are interesting uses for those two things. The, um uh, and we get another version of the fastball special, or should I say the phase ball special? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which I, I got a kick out of, but um, but yeah, going into into of it, like like Agent Seventy said, it was like, uh, okay, this is this is ultimately how they were going they're going to get out of all of this, because as I said, Agent Seventy and he kind of agreed on. I was like, well, how else were they going to come out for this? You know, you know. There wasn't a good way that I could think of, but also, but I'm not a writer of comic books, so. Right. Just I mean, at the end of the day, you think, well, this is how they get, you know, it, it's almost like the same way going in is kind of how they have to go out. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's one way to look at it. Yes. All right. Uh, I think we can move on to the next book, I think. Mm-hmm. What's next? Um, Ultimate Spider-Man number one. So Ultimate Spider-Man number one is written by Brian Michael. Be oh, no, I'm sorry. That is it's written by Jonathan Hickman this time around. I see what you did with, there. <laughs> with art by Marco Cacchetto, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So when we were talking earlier about how you needed to have read most of if not all of sins of sinister to make sense of what's happening or or or, or you know just make sense of the storyline but having read parts of it or most of it and being unclear reading uh fall of and now rise of um kind of help clarify some points right ultimate spider-man number one kind of helps to clarify what Hickman's spin on this version of the Ultimate Universe might be, because it was pretty clear in the Ultimates miniseries what the Maker's uh, plan was. But to see how Hickman is envisioning 
reconstructing a version of the Marvel Universe in the wake of the maker trying to keep it from happening again, more baby Hitler stuff, right? It's just a different, you know, it's, you know, uh, things are, are, are bound to happen just in a different way. And that's, that's the, that's kind of the, 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 the fun part to the story, hopefully is seeing how things happen anyway, just in a different way. And that's what we get here. We get uh, basically an, uh, uh, a mini origin of Spider-Man that's definitely not the way you remember it. It's definitely not the original Ultimate Spider-Man origin, nor is it the 616. It's definitely something that is coming out of that Maker storyline. And if you didn't read that part, it's important to know that they do explain most of that here. Right. It is definitely an interesting play on think uh, of what has happened before, because this is not the first time we've seen the thing. It was like, Oh, well, or it could have happened. Basically you, we used to see this kind of things in a what if. Right. But the way red ifs were written, they would still end up in a lot of cases, go back into what you would kind of know just not in the exact same way, in a roundabout way, basically. Right. So, um, or at a, you know, at a different end of the time or something like that. But regardless, um, so I guess shout out to the Von Glum because I'm going to read his his quote here real quick. Um, reading Ultimate Spider-Man was a nice cleanse from reading this week's X-Books. Uh, oh! I like I I this version of JJJ and uh, I enjoy his relationship with uh, Penn and Peter. Peter, uh, I love that Peter's life is happy and successful, which, yeah, I kind of agree with because as I said, it told is you, right. Go ahead. Yeah. As I told you, um, as we were talking earlier before the show, yeah, you see a definitely different, uh, as I say, kinder and slightly gentler J. Jonah Jameson in this particular uh, version of Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. It's fun. I, I, you know what? This is a this is definitely a candidate for click of the week for me because of, you know, there are some real nice notes that Hickman hits with the variations on this particularly common theme between all of the different <clears throat> Spider Men, right, or Spider Men, right, right. Uh, and you know, we, we bring back some concepts, we tweak some concepts, and update some concepts. But one of the cool things that just hit a very, you know, like a warm, soft, fuzzy side of my, you know, of, 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 of my uh, view of a particular set of characters was seeing MJ, Mary Jane and Peter interact. Like just it, it was just very you know, it, it, it was. I just really liked the way they were written, and it kind of brought back good, you know, kind of like a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's obviously what a lot of people are looking for. I know that that's you know some things that you know people didn't want to deal with in Marvel at Marvel in a, at a certain time period. But hey, that's what the Ultimate Universe is for, I guess now. Or any such variation therein. But I'm, I'm saying it like this. For now, it seems as though Hickman does not hate the characters being together. Right. For now. Right. And, and because, yeah. Because even in, even in the 6... What the heck? Even in the 616, like, and, and you know, not to go too hard, but there aren't too many couples together, one, <laughs> you know, 
or or in the very same places they were, you know, originally uh, announced or whatever the case may be. And the only ones that are, you know, or the younger one that is, rather, I should say, is okay. There's got to be more than them. Regardless, um, Ultimate Spidey, my Spider-Man is a strong star. I still say it kind of makes me want to go back and, heaven forbid, uh, read the old Ultimate uh, books. Specifically, the the Spider Man one. Mm. Um, it is, I think that one supposed was purported to be a little bit more gritty because we know Ultimates was kind of a little bit more gritty than the original um, uh, right. Avengers origin or whatnot. This one, not so, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Right. Um, but it also lends lends curiosity to well, okay. Where is he going to go with this? Like this is the first like not to be because we know this is Hickman. And, you know, I can't remember the last Hickman book that wasn't tied to, you know, that wasn't going to end up being some sort of event <clears throat> that he was tied to right. um, being a thing. So maybe it's just, just him kind of like, no, I've already done the big budget stuff. Like, I've done my stuff for Hawksbox and, and whatever. And I'm just, just me just having fun with selling stories just so happens to be in this universe, which could very well be the case. Could be. We'll or see. He, or he could be leading to something we don't know about. It. You know, there was always that thing. That being said, though, um, the next book we're going to talk about is, speaking of, Avengers number nine. Avengers number nine is written by Jed McKay with art by Francisco Monterino with colors by Federico Blee and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Uh, yet, I think I'll hand off most of the commentary on this book to Roddicat. What I will say, though, is that we have in this issue a particularly bloodthirsty vision. And two, I, <laughs> I wanted to mention that it took a while, but I guess, you know, the, McKay is really leaning into a little bit of not necessarily a a, a, a a tactical or strategic vacuum on this version of the Avengers because there's plenty of that to go around. It's really more along the lines of who's calling the play. And because the person's calling the plays, right, because there is kind of a, 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 a leadership structure to this team where, you know, a lot of times we get spoiled and and we're like, well, you know, Cap calls the play and everyone follows. And, you know, uh, sometimes people throw suggestions at Cap and Cap will be like, yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. And then switch it up. Right. But everyone knows that Cap is calling the plays. In this case, I think that this harkens back to some of the other Avengers stories in history where other characters are adjusting to and making changes on the fly to the way things work when they are in that chairperson seat. So um, that's really my one uh, observation from this kind of recent story uh, story arc. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, because there is definitely uh, a uh, an air of okay, you know, we're not doing this this way. We're just, but, and, and you've seen it in the, the animated versions of it also because it's like, all right, well, this ain't, this is working or this is not working, so we're going to flip it up here. Um, and yeah, you're, you're, I, I agree with you there. Now, you know, whether 
that's going to be a continual thing or, you know, or that was just for this team of pretty much, you know, evenly matched uh, adversaries. Who's to say? But it's always it's usually kind of fun when they when they when they play with a little bit when that happens in this particular case. um, I guess it still is like that. And like Age of 70 said, um, kind of going back to the bloodthirsty vision. Yeah, vision was totally not having anything <laughs> in this particular <laughs> he wasn't having he was not with the shits in this particular in this particular um uh issue and it was kind of like okay are they going to play on that or we're we just gonna let that just 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 be a thing for you know for for this arc right now because it's like it does it's not outside the realm of uh, of um of his count character but usually when something like that happens, there's usually something that, that that comes along with it later. And from what we know for uh, from another book um, that is soon to be ending, I'm kind of wondering if it's going to play into that. And that could just be wanting that. And it might not be even the case in that. And, you know, there may be some seeds in here that, that are not even being sowed uh, on, on that front that I'm wishing upon it. Uh, but we pretty much just get Hey, it's it's the Avengers versus the Twilight Code slash, um, um, I f- I forgot the other I forgot that quickly. <laughs> um, the Twilight Code is the is the current group, but the the Black Order. Excuse me, I almost right. called it the Black Order earlier because like that it's technically almost another set of them, but not really. Um, and the team going up against them with this, and you know, like I said. Uh, things happening um i do love uh, the couple of things out of, that happened in the in the course of this like such as the the, the, the ship excuse me the city giving props to, to sam and t'challa mm-hmm. um and but and also like the the interaction with uh, tony and whatever the name of the person he was fighting up until um uh t'challa was like hey let's, let's switch this up i'm tired of this dude um and then at the end where they're like, hey, remember that this is all because of this dude? Right. Which is like, oh, right. Yeah, that was a thing. Um, to what extent, again, that, I guess that's what we're working up to. But um, sure, it's, it's that, that's where we are right now. Um, I enjoyed this I'll, issue. One, <laughs> yeah, one, one, one final thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have anything to add, just give... Uh, Hold on to that for a second. There's one thing I was just flipping through the issue, and uh, there's a funny, to me, a funny part where Falcon's like, "Let me show you why they used to call me the Falcon." I'm like, "I knew God. you were going to hit on that." Yeah, we we all kind of <laughs> still call you that. <laughs> I don't, but yeah, but well, I, but I, mean, I know that's out there. Falcap because he's right. got wings, right? You know, <laughs> he's the Captain America with wings. He's right. Falcon, you know. <laughs> so I'm like seriously there you know <laughs> believe me I, when i saw that i thought about you i was like yeah he's gonna he's gonna have fun with this that one <laughs> like they used to call me the foul. yeah okay okay same. <laughs> but yeah uh that like i said a pretty solid issue for what it is like we're, we're just trying to see where this thing is going uh where jim case uh steering this thing um so yeah uh, next up, and I guess finally for the books that we have in common, is Sensational She-Hulk number four. Whoops. There we go. Yep. Sensational She-Hulk 
4 is written by Rainbow Roll with art by Ig Guara, colors by D. Cuniff, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite lettering Python. So this is a little bit of a slice of life issue. Uh, you know, we we're talking about slice of life before and, you know, in the context of anime. But this is, in a sense, a very much a slice of life issue in the day, uh, you know, basically a day or, or a few days in the life of the sensational She-Hulk in the wake of, you know, bad things happening to her with Anathema. Oh, God, stupid character name and uh uh her cousin bruce banner aka the incredible hulk uh coming into the pages of this book over the last you know in the last issue causing some you know some some uh, some havoc um in she hulk's life so this issue deals with some of the ramifications of it and also some downtime which i liked you know you know the downtime um which involves some more character interactions beyond just some of the supporting characters we've seen thus far in the pages of the She-Hulk books that Rainbow Roll has written, now including, well, obviously including uh, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, uh, more on the Hellcat part in a bit, and uh, now including Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, uh, in the mix. So, interestingly... You know, you wonder if they bring Carol in because, you know, she's obviously a lot, a lot more prominent now. We're coming off the Marvel's movie. But um, it's interesting because they bring her in as a counterpoint to Patsy. Right. And we all have groups of friends like this where there's kind of one extreme and then the other extreme and you find <laughs> yourself in the middle. And that's where She-Hulk kind of is. Right. Yeah, well, while while Carol's the more practical one, uh, Patsy in this in this context is a little bit more of the wild spirit. So, right. but as tends to happen with uh, uh, you know superhero downtime stories, it doesn't stay that way for long. And I'm just Not going to, wrong at all. Yeah, and I'm just going to say that um, if they had gone to the Jarvis Lounge, this probably wouldn't have happened. But. <laughs> Excuse me, but there was also a little side thing in the beginning where with um, Jack of Hearts uh, when Patsy kind of comes into play and she's she's like tr- basically coming in to kind of get Jen out of her um, out of her um, uh, doldrums, whatever the case may be, and invites folks out. But you know, Jack's still kind of in a place where he doesn't really want to be widely you know, known as he was back in the day, or I say, I say that with air quotes, because let's face it, it is Jack of Hearts, but, um, more infamous than anything. Yes. But he basically kind of wanted to keep it on, keep it on low still for now, because he was gun shy, you know, for which for, I guess, good reasons. And even without knowing, um, as far as I remember, he still doesn't know about the one last part of his, uh, his, when he, when he went out the last time, uh, which they kind of tease around here uh, in, in the course of the story. So, yeah, so there's that whole thing with uh, Jen and him uh, in addition to uh, what is going on uh, outside of that, that that they kind of touch on. Um, and I guess that's going to go somewhere. Uh, and as, as much as Agent 70 probably doesn't like the character, yeah, this this that whole anathema thing is not going away anytime soon. Yeah, it sucks. But we got a nice little um, diversion in, in this uh, story, so uh, I guess we got some time until uh, that 
shows back up again. So, you know, so she hope solid book continuously. So, um, also there was a, there was a, um, I don't know if you saw it, agent 70, there's one little note from this book that, um, um, in the beginning, Jen was meeting with a client whom I'm not t- entirely sure who that person was, but they were talking about the defenders. Oh, you don't know who that is? I do not, because I didn't really read the defenders like that. It's time to break out the uh, the good old uh, old move. So he the, he mentioned something about children's underwear as in in, uh, in terms of merchandise, and I laughed at that because those of a certain vintage remembers underoos. Of course. Which was exactly that. You know, the underwear for kids that had, and, and actually now adults because it's still around, uh, that had superheroes on it. P- specifically, yeah. well, no, they had DC stuff too, but they, it was mostly like Marvel and DC stuff. Sure. So I, I got to kick out of it because it was like, okay, that, that, was a, that was a nice little touch for the, for the old folks. <laughs> but then like, I forgot, I think Underoos actually is still around, but I can't imagine too many people, you know, investing in such at this point. But, um, but yeah, so some stuff like that, that was kind of nice touches that, the, that this book, uh, puts in. I was going to say, there's no need to, because nowadays you can get t-shirts and, you know, like outerwear. Oh yeah. You that's, know, you that's also true. Need, you know, to have it under anything. <laughs> right. I mean, hell, they got pajamas with, uh, cap shields on it. Right. So, yeah. but in any event, all right. So I think that covers the four books that we had in common, right? That is, all righty, it's time to open up uh, 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 open up the mags on um, the minigun and go into rapid fire. I ain't got time to bleed. Uh, rapid fire reviews. First up is Titans Beast World number four of six. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Lucas Mayer or Meyer, colors by Romulo Fajardo, and letters by Wes Abbott. So... If you've been keeping up with my commentary and rev- quickie reviews on this Titans Beast World miniseries as the main book in this uh, event over at DC, you've noticed a trend and something that I, I, I'm sure is very clear in Tom Taylor's mind. I know this is definitely something that they are uh, doing to help boost um, the notoriety of uh, Amanda Waller. I know that she's becoming far more prominent in the DC universe right now. Uh, you know, obviously some characters go through cycles. She's been prominent before, but she's basically taking uh, uh, center stage now. And there are some unfortunate uh, real world political allegories and um, and parallels that are being drawn in the pages of this book as well, but there, you know, there's some really tough, um, you know, tough moments in this particular issue. This is the fourth issue of six and we'll see how, um, this mini series, uh, wraps and how this little mini event ends. Next up is captain Marvel. Number four. This is written by Alyssa Wong with art by, uh, Jan Basil Dua colors by Brian Valenza and Carlos Lopez. Letters are by VCs Ariana Mar. This is actually a pretty fun story to read because we have uh, Carol with um, the new character that was introduced in this uh, book in the first issue. Uh, uh, 
oh my goodness, what is her her name? Is it Jun or Yun? I think it's Yun. Um, I have to uh, uh, double check and and circle back to that. But uh, we have her as the stand-in for the Rick Jones type because they've introduced or reintroduced the concept of nega bands swapping out uh, Captain Marvel uh, in place of you know another character. And in this case, this character is a thief of magical artifacts that brings in Captain uh, Doctor Strange and Clea, that is. And, you know, this is now the second issue uh, that relates to uh, this whole uh, kind of tying in Clea and Doctor Strange. It's fun. It's interesting. It's definitely a different direction because of the... The, the the concept of the nega bands being associated with Carol as opposed to, you know, she's never really had much interaction with them before, at least in, to my knowledge. So, you know, I'm willing to keep giving it a try. I like the, the this new character whose name, unfortunately, escapes me right now. It's probably because it's a little later at night now. But um, I will be uh, circling back to that in a moment just to see if I can't quickly see what this character's name is yuna not yun it's a yuna so um wasn't too far off uh next and i think last up for me is century number two it's written by jason Liu with art by luigi zagaria and david cutter cutler that is colors by arthur hesley and letters by our favorite lettering paisan vcs joe caramagna if you're not familiar with how they're trying to do a different take on the century right now, they've basically uh, split up his powers amongst a bunch of different people. But there's one person who's really up to no good who's trying to consolidate. And that is the gist of the first two issues. It's interesting to see some of these characters that they're introducing – and seemingly doing away with, but we don't know if that's permanent given the nature of these powers and how some things just aren't permanent like death in the Marvel universe. So this being only the second issue, I would suggest if you have any interest in kind of found power as opposed to, you know, getting powers through you know experiments or whatnot this is basically a power that's sort of finding you kind of like Abensur, kind of like you know uh, th- th- there are lots of superhero stories that have this particular conceit or this trope but um if you're interested in that this might be uh, something you may want to look at and uh, that's it for me if you read the events of Death of Superman and remember what came out of that and who came out of that, you might also appreciate it. Because that's pretty much what I'm going for with this, or what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> um, and I haven't read this issue yet, but I I, I, I feel relatively confident about that by, by the, how things have been going. For all right, so folks, I don't have that many to go on. Oh, and shout out to um, I don't I don't suspect that uh, this is going to be his click of the week. So I'm just going to circle back to um, the Dave uh, Marquez Ron Space Knight uh, variant cover of Captain Marvel, mm. just to 
to tease and tempt uh, Agent 7 a little bit more <laughs> with that before I say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Saturday Morning Adventures Continued number 9 is my next, is my first book uh, story by Eric Burnham art by Dan Schoening and letters by De, De, excuse me colors by Luis Antonio Delgado and letters by Ed Dukeshire I had those flipped for some reason so um, this is, of course, uh, set in the world of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, animated series of the 80s. Um, and it shows all the way around because there's, you know, a lot of the telltale signs of, of that, such as kind of fourth wall breaking. Well, there's actually more of that now that I think about it because it was, I don't, can't remember how much of that was that was in the show. Uh, callbacks to characters that you probably only saw once and or twice during the whole run or something and hijinks ensuing and in certain cases uh and in this particular case time travel because this um issue starts another time traveling adventure for at least one of the turtles so far because of um because of a thing shredder has um in his or had in his possession that was um of course, uh, starting this whole thing off as adventures in, of this ilk tend to do. So yeah, still f- uh, fun goings in in this thing. Um, I I, um, I am looking forward to something that was um, that was thought of uh, or that was mentioned in the back of this book as opposed to this particular book. But I've been enjoying reading it nonetheless. Speaking of enjoyable reads, Transformers number four is my next book. Um, written and and the art is by Daniel Warren Johnson. Color is by Mike Spicer. Um, and uh, letters by Ed, no, excuse me, by uh, Russ Wooten, which is actually reminding me of uh, something that I thought I put in the the news for later on about this book, but I'll have to look it, look it up again. Either way, um, this book continues to, to fire on all cylinders. Um, as I just said on, to someone on Twitter, and I probably have said to myself in, in the past, it feels like Daniel Warren Johnson is kind of f- uh, writing out some of his uh, childhood fantasies during the course of this book because there's just some, some pretty... Um, uh, pretty amazing stuff that happens that has happened to each issue. Um, that if you are a fan of the original um cartoon of the Transformers, kind of goes part parts way part ways with it. Uh, in the first issue, like some of the things are still there, but it dip, but it just goes sip away from that very very quickly. Um. Uh, which may put off some people, but hey, look, it, it's comic books. You, everything can't be the same thing, otherwise it gets boring. Uh, but this book is anything but boring uh, and, and has been these four issues, which I'm, I'm continuing reading to and uh, enjoy. Uh, in this particular issue, there continues to be some some Autobot dis- just, uh, Decepticon scrappings going on as one or both sides are bad, badly damaged. There is a use of an an item that I was not expecting to happen this early on in the book, but I assume there's a reason for that. There are some characters that you would probably expect to see 
that we have not seen yet uh, uh, um, for the most part, except for there is a tease of one. Well, there is another tease of one. Actually, not even a tease. Um, but one gets uh, brought up at the end of this book for what reason we don't know the status of um, because of what has gone on in this issue. And I'm looking to, forward to finding out what uh, all the way around but I like the way this book is kind of going on. Like I said, it is definitely different from what you know what is known. But it's clear that the writer, you know, has 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 a, a fondness of that old material and was uh, been wanting to play with it a good bit. So it is a uh, it is so far appreciated. Last book for myself is Blade Number Seven. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we go. Written by Brian Hill, um, former guest of the show. Uh, arts by Valentina Pienti. Uh, color artist KJ Diaz. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So, for you, well, one, we have another guest star in this, um, in, in this particular book. And that is one uh, Incredible Hulk, a.k.a. Bruce Banner, who also shows up in this book for... For for a reason, um, normally you would expect there to be a team up when some such things like that happen, and we kind of sort of get one. Um, and the reason why these two have come together may kind of have some sort of play on Blade's mission. I, I can't remember. Eight and seventy. Were you planning on reading this at some point? I think you were, but I don't know. I I've fallen behind. Right. Oh, you can you know, feel free because at the end of the yeah. day, if you spoil it now, I probably won't remember it by the time I get to it. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to. I mean, it doesn't really nothing because like the, the the books read fairly breezy. Like it was, it doesn't really take much of my, and that's not saying that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it's just that you know the um, I think this book is kind of a little bit more action than. Uh, exposition but there is still some kind of in there and, and out there and this is kind of one of those words where, where it's kind of like yeah we get a little bit of both in here um right. for a reason uh before going into the the rest of the story but it was it, it was it was a good read quite uh breezy uh wasn't the, quite the team up in the way that you would think it was but with what was um the reasons why they these, these two came together I guess kind of makes sense. I have not been keeping up with the Hulk book. Uh, and there was a, a footnote alluding to the, um, what could be going on there. But like I said, I'm not entirely sure what is going on. There. And uh, just like Agent 70, the last time I've seen the Hulk was She-Hulk, uh, of which we've already talked about. So, um, but no mention of that for obvious reasons, because there was no need to. <laughs> we don't even know what time when this takes place in relations to that either way but like I said, uh, pretty good breezy read and um, like I said um, good stuff still for what it was um, and that folks is it for me uh, clicks of the week clicks of the week Uh, do you have yours? Yeah, mine's pretty clear cut. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Ultimate Spider-Man number one. 
Yeah. You know, I, I got a good feeling reading it. And, and I, I appreciate that. I really do. You know? Yeah, you were you were definitely teetering on on that uh, while we were talking about it, and while you were talking about it earlier. So that it makes uh, sense. So as I pull up that book for him, um, there was some stuff neither one of us got to that I'm kind of curious about. But uh, you know, hey, if they were worth going into uh, some time, some point down the road, maybe it will happen, but probably not. Um. I feel like I probably already have mine and it's probably apparent, but I do definitely still want to give a shout out to like rise of the power of X rise of the powers of X. And, um, and in some part, she Hulk, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for being what they were, but excuse me, folks, I am going, definitely going to go with, and there we go. Transformers number four, which I knew uh, yeah, I was about to hit a transformer sound effect just to tease. <laughs> yeah, you kind of knew it, it, it was. It's definitely apparent. Um, the, the books, the books continues uh, to be pretty great. This uh, variant cover that shows up. I mean, that is uh, on the screen for folks uh, watching the video version. Harkens back to a uh, notable scene in the movie. Uh, so that was a nice touch there. And with that, folks, uh, we're going to push on to the news. But first, let's get an ad read. All righty. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. Now we get into the news. Parker! Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, that was uh, that was great. Here we go. Sorry, I'm <laughs> adding a piece of news before I shift over. Uh, before I transition over to that. So there we go. There we go. All right, cinematic news, folks. As we do about this time, Miss Marvel star Iman Vellani teases major role in upcoming Marvel Zombies series. So, uh, a series that I personally don't believe should exist, but here we are. Um, <laughs> apparently, um, Iman Balani and her character Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel, is going to be in that show. Uh, let's see. Quote, we've done the whole thing. It's amazing. It was so much fun. And I love, there are a lot of uh, cool characters in the Marvel zombie show. Uh, which was a quote from Ms. Villani. So, there you go. Next up. 
Alrighty, the Marvels is heading to a home uh, video release uh, starting next week on January 16th when it will release digitally ahead of a physical home release next month. So now what we mean by digitally is digital streaming uh, pay-per-view and uh, video on demand. So that's what we mean by that. It is not yet known when this will hit Disney+. Plus. But uh, if you have not seen Marvels yet, and we both recommend that you do go see it or see it at home, you can now see it digitally at home on January 16th. The physical disc release will occur later on February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. Indeed. I thought they did say when it was going to hit Disney Plus, but guess not. Anyway. Um, Marvel Studios executive confirms Daredevil and Netflix shows are MCU canon. Which, okay. <laughs> there there are some folks amongst the, the crowd who have already set that wheel in motion and don't care what the, um, you know, the power set B says. But it seems as though, uh, what is this person's name? Brad, um, uh, Winderbaum uh, says that um, let's see, da, 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 there was an interview with Screen Rant um, who asked who was asked how Charlie Cox's original Daredevil might factor into Echo as far as being canon. Uh, and there's a quote here saying that uh, I can say that up to this point, we've been a little cagey about what's the sacred timeline, what's not sacred timeline. Uh, Winderguard Winderbaum says. That was born, frankly, of a period of at the studio where we were like, we have to stick to landing with the vendors. It was another part of the company developing the Netflix stuff. Talking about, I guess, talking about the old Netflix stuff. Uh, but basically, it goes on to say that um, we were aware of what they were doing. They were aware of what we're doing, but it was a lot to balance. But basically, he says that the, the uh, this person. Uh, basically says, yeah, they've all, they thought of uh, the Netflix stuff as canon. So, long story short. Sure. Next up. Alrighty, so there's a fun new trailer out for Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur <laughs> Season 2. Good for this show. I, you know, I haven't, I have been unable to actually finish the first season, but I did watch a few episodes and I liked what I saw. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, so, obviously, this is based on uh, the Marvel comics and uh let's see here the new season is set to premiere on the disney channel on friday february 2nd the next day it will pop up on disney plus yeah i also didn't actually finish the the first because there was only there was a one point in time they only had like a half of uh half of the season up and then they ended up putting the, the other half up right and just never get, got back to it because of was other stuff so uh but that's cool um, by the way, folks, if you're interested, that Halo Season 2 also had a trailer, um, which has, you know, little to do with little, but I'm just saying that anyway because it, I didn't put it in the thing. Um, Barbie's America Fer Ferrera, excuse me, joins the MCU universe with one if role. Um, and uh, if you have saw the trailer, the teaser trailer for Season 3, you saw... Um, one Scott Lang, excuse me, no, 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 it wasn't even Scott Lang, it was Kurt from, um, whose last name I can't remember, 
No, it wasn't even Kirk. It was Red Guardian. I'm sorry. It was David Harbour. Well, what are you ta- I was about to say, what are you talking about? The What If Season 3 um, or the other – it's What If Season 3 or What If Season 2 Part 2? No, this is Season 3. Season 3, right. It's Season yeah, 3. It's a- so it's the Winter Soldier and Red Guardian. Right. No, because the characters – when I watched it, I I know it's a Red Guardian now because but I'm going through these things because I, I was totally blanking. But regardless, the character came off as those people I mentioned. <laughs> right. Okay. 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 I get that, and, and, and that's why I said. But then I was like, no, that was Red Guardian. Um, but regardless, and there was another character that um uh that shows that shows up in uh, who's called Manger, Ranger Morales. Um, and that is who uh, America Ferrera is going to play. We did get some some voice work from her in that sneak peek as well, and I guess that's where this, where this is coming from. So there you go. Next up, all right, uh, Marvel Studios executive Brad Winderbaum opens up about Eyes of Wakanda, the upcoming Black Panther animated series set to hit Disney Plus sometime in 2024. So we learn. More in this interview with comicbook.com, which was done to promote Echo. And uh, let's see here. He's not able to say too much about it, only that people do not see it coming. Okay. You never see it coming. Um, I want to go back to the last article real quick because I just noticed uh, something, something Shoot, that was said. Go ahead. Um, the person that was being talked to, uh, in that article was AC Bradley, who was, I believe the writer and showrunners for season one and two of what if, and I don't know if this was news or not, but, uh, or, or if we talked about it or not, but apparently they are no longer with that show and with, uh, and working on Marvel projects because they say, say, so they say that in this article and it does link to an article Oh, from the 31st. Okay, yeah. So, I must have missed this uh, article um, uh, from then. So, yeah. So, A.C. Bradley, who, like I said, was the showrunner and one of the writers on the show uh, on the um, for the first couple of seasons is no longer with the What If show. Right. Yeah. I don't and know interestingly, was that? Uh, they refer to America Ferreira as from Barbie and not as Ugly Betty. Yes. Yes, which you know how that goes. But yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Also, uh, next up, though, hey, guess what, folks? You um, you probably heard the rumbling, the millions of voices crying out uh, in glee for this. But the Mandalorian and Grogu are getting a movie. I thought we knew this, but then I realized that I was mistaking this for what my understanding was, which is right. that there was going to be uh, 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 what we call it. Um, what's that blue guy's name? Oh, Thrawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That they were going to be part of the Thrawn movie. So and when I, I heard this, f- I was like, "Is this the Thrawn movie?" But I guess not. No, this is probably that lead up to that, though. Right. So, and I feel like. Even if it wasn't known that this was a thing, I I can't say when I saw this, I was like, wait, like you, I was like, wait, this was not already a thing. Right. Um, but even if it wasn't inevitable <laughs> one way or the other, or at least it felt like it was going to be another um, uh, season of Mando or 
something, uh, another move or so, you know, leading up to. So not surprising, but still welcome, uh, I will say. Um, next up, though. Uh, Ahsoka season two is officially in development. So yay, it's official season two of Ahsoka's in development. <coughs> Disney confirmed the news uh, Tuesday morning while announcing that John Favreau will be directing that previous movie we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. I'm glad. I mean, listen, I I struggled with some parts of the Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely have a thing for uh, Natasha Liu Bordizo, though, so I'd like to see her see more of her. Very much so. And Rosario Dawson, that's like, you know, no slaps there <laughs> or so, but oh, no, not um, at all, not at all. But yes, I feel like we even when we talked about it at the end of that season, we were while we weren't sure if there was going to be anything coming out of it, such as this, or whether they were just going to. You know, just kind of bop her in with whatever that um, Infinity War esque uh, Thrawn thing is going to be. Um, it felt like something was coming, but we weren't, weren't sure much. I can't. I feel like I don't know if we've even said as much as whether there could have been, even been a season two, but it probably should have been the way with the the end it uh, with that. So it's coming, folks. There you go. Uh, next up, though, American Born Chinese is canceled at the, uh, Disney Plus after one season. So I still had not yet to watch that. Um, I watched a few episodes and I kind of understand why it got canceled because it was a kind of tough to watch, but mm. it's also not addressed to myself. I am not the target demographic. Mm. So, you know, while I am part of the target demographic, I'm not the exact target demographic. And it was just a little tough to listen to much less watch, but I think it definitely skews young. And for obvious reasons, that's a good thing. But at the same time, I just found it, you know, kind of tough to watch. I found the adaptation, like what they did to adapt it, a little tough to watch. But, you know, I'm going to try to watch it all the way through. And apparently they're trying to shop it to other outlets. Right. Which tends to happen in these cases um, with, you know, things like this, especially fan fan wise. Um, what was I going to say? So I guess it is worth noting uh, um, this probably still falls under the realm of a report because according to this article, it says, according to individual with knowledge of the decision. Mm. So this could, so this doesn't sound like something that came from Disney on high officially. Right. So take that for what it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the case. Um, Monarch Legacy of Not Monsters New Titans were inspired by the weird freakiness of nature, according to this article. Um, yeah, we really won't go into too much of it, but I feel like we had a similar article to this uh, previously. But I, I put this in here because there's some uh, interesting, there was an interesting thing, uh, piece bits about uh, that show. Which, hey, if you're a fan of Godzilla, you should watch. It's pretty, pretty good. If you have the means to, I should say. Or, or mm-hmm. those three magic letters. Um, next up. Uh, three are the magic letters. <laughs> anyway. Um, shout out to Dale, all right? Uh, Indeed. So, 
There is a new feature, Godzilla X Kong, that teases Kong's fight to be king. So this is a new feature on Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. And this is uh, produced by uh, Total Film, it is? That sounds right, yes. That is a site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I just read it, but then I scrolled. And I'm like, where where was that in this? I thought I just wanted. Oh, it's like further down. Yeah, you know how they like to hit you with walls of text before they get to the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. So this is in advance of the movie being in theaters, not on April 12th, but is it like March 29th or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, because they updated. They recently updated the release date. Mm-hmm. Moved it up because they need more movies, you know, to make money in the theaters. Indeed, and I guess Kong just can't wait to be king. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, we all know who the actual king of the monsters is. It's never going to be King Kong. Yeah. Also, for those who knew that reference, I was a reference to. Congrats, I guess. Yeah, right. You know, you know uh, everything. Every, <laughs> I was gonna say there was a, there was another reference to that same movie in Echo. Everything the sun yes, touches. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, forgot about that. Yes, I because at first cause I was like, really, but I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty good. I was like, all right, <laughs> just threw that in there. That's that was out of nowhere. <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, next up, we go over into the anime corner. No. Mute. Yes. Um, wait, is this you or me? I, I totally. It's all right. You can do it. I did the one with the, the fight to be king. Fight to be king. Yes. That's good because I got something to say about this one. Solo leveling episode one is release date and time. Well, at the at the time of recording this, it is out. Go watch it. Um, so I've been hyping this show up for probably since since it was announced like sometime last year. The first episode does not disappoint. Uh, if you know anything about the manga, um, of which I'm still kind of reading, but I think this thing is probably going to catch up with me. Sooner rather than later, it's really not that long of a manga. Anyway, regardless, you know it was pretty good. Uh, it was a pretty good uh, episode one, I would say. Um, it beats that it needed to. Probably added some stuff that I don't think I, that I've seen in the manga um, at this point. Uh, but you know, I enjoyed it. So I don't. You know what? I'm not even going to go because uh, I was going to go into what the show is about. But I figured, like, you know, if you if you are an anime watcher, you probably already know. Just know that there is some definitely anime um, trubbish things that happen in video games. Actually, uh, play a, a big, huge part of uh, this. Uh, some of the trips that's going on in one in here. So enjoyable, enjoyable. Next up. So, in commemoration of the 20th anniversary of the anime Samurai Champloo, streaming of its soundtrack music began on various music streaming services and major download sites worldwide, such as Spotify, iTunes Store, Record Choku, and more, on January 8th, 2024. 
So that's pretty cool. I did not realize that that had been added to Spotify. I'm going to take a look uh, at that after the show. Yes, yes, yes. That that uh, the soundtrack's pretty great. Wait, you've you've seen the show, right? Yes, yes, yeah, I, yes. I, I, I crossed that off my list. I thought so. So, um, but yeah, it's yeah, only so, 26 episodes, which is right. you know definitely uh, an enticement <clears throat> when it comes to uh, watching stuff, uh, looking at you, One Piece. Right. Well, and you know, done by the same people, uh, the, you know, the same folks who uh, what did Cowboy Bebop, and with the same level of quality even though different um no i think even down to the music now that i think about it uh, um no i mean the music kind of different in spots because of the the job is um all over it but regardless still good stuff so yeah um obviously you know when i saw this I was like well gotta get the get, gotta go ahead and hit the the, the title the, the title uh theme song which is was already out there anyway uh in, in places if you know who the artists were so good stuff. Uh, next up, though, Street Fighter Six and, and Spy Family Code White collaboration is available now. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see. The collaboration will be available from January 9th to January thirty first of twenty twenty four, and it consists of um, let's see hairstars, hairstyles. And costumes for your forger and Lloyd forger, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I don't remember if there's anything else. I don't see. But regardless, if you play Street Fighter Six uh, and you go to the store, what what uh, what sells the stuff? The uh, the uh, you know the avatar stuff. You will uh, go get that. Actually, it says here, yeah. All players who log in during the collaboration period will receive special items like photo frames, stamps, and titles. And like I said, the, the other stuff is still the other stuff. Uh, but no, I don't see a price on the stuff, but you can figure that out for yourself. Next up. So, this is only available for a few weeks? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a limited time. It's just like the total thing from last year. It's like a limited time collaboration thing like once you buy it it's yours but if you didn't if you don't get it i mean let's say plan on bringing it up at some point in the future which i doubt got it got it got it got it got it so i was about to say so is it time to get a a, a playstation 5 i kid um <laughs> next up uh after five years nc soft officially grants a license to popular city of heroes private server homecoming Quote, your accounts and characters are safe. It's a trap. Uh, no. <laughs> apparently, um, you know, this is something that Roddy Cat should talk about because this is like, uh, you know, uh, very much a fo- very much foreign territory to me. Yes. So City of Heroes was a, a, an MMO from like b- back in the mid 20s. I was about to say the mid twenties, uh, like the mid teens, yeah. teens. Yes, definitely. But I think it's, it was before the teens of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, oh, more like the aughts. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that is the case. Actually. I, I think it was actually one of my first, uh, actually, I think it was my first MMO and it is hero superhero base. If you did not know, 
So you go in there, you make a superhero, you you know you patrol streets and do, do MMO things as uh, the human uh, superhero of your making or villain because they ended up having a, an expansion uh, that was more villain focused. Well, the MC Soft, who is the owner of the license of it, um, um, uh, shuttled the game uh, after a while. And some enterprising fans ended up making, uh, getting, uh, I guess, getting the source code and making their own private servers. And up until now, they were just kind of operating on the low, even though a lot of people still knew about it, you know, um, from then. So this is kind of huge that the fact that NCSoft kind of basically gave their license with this license for them to kind of keep doing, even though they were doing it anyway, because they could have just said, all right, no, kill all of that and, you know, stop what you're doing and kill the, kill all the servers but they never did so this is cool so they uh can now just kind of keep going uh you know as as they have been now they do operate like it is it's a free mmo but they do take donations so if you are you know and that's kind of what's been kind of keeping them going um i assume this license may or may not help with that um that that they granted to them but nevertheless it was a great MMO and kind of still is. Like, as a matter of fact, when I saw this news, I, I kind of popped back in uh, on there to kind of see, you know, what was going on. And it was still kind of hopping, you know, um, uh, then with uh, with what they had. So, like I said, if you're looking for a a, a pretty good um, uh, MMO that is superhero based. Yeah, this you, you can't go wrong with this one. Champions Online was the one that came after this by NCSoft, but and I know there are people that are probably still playing that one because it was kind of an offshoot of the code, and it is still going, but it's not. Well, I think Cryptic has to do with that, but it's still the same people. Um, but you know, City of Heroes was and or is still the one for this. Um, next up, though. Uh, Star Trek Online, speaking of other MMOs, uh, has a new game update. It's called uh, Both Worlds, and it is uh, it unleashes the Borg King as opposed to the Borg Queen. Um, it will launch on January 23rd on PC and March 12th for the PlayStation Xbox, um, continuing the multiverse story against the Borg King. Um, and it's also 14 years old. Um, uh, and this is also another game made by basically the same people who, um, who, well, some of the, I think it's, there's a shared lineage with the people that's doing this in the last game that I mentioned, City of Heroes, let's just say. Um, uh, I think Cryptic was, was, was in both of them. Regardless, if you, if the name wasn't, you know, didn't tell you anything, Star Trek Online is, is Star Trek. <laughs> You go around doing Star Trek things in an MMO, um, if and there are ships and things and and missions and all that kind of good good jazz. And they've even kind of brought in stuff for from um, you know shows and whatnot um, that you can buy and run around in and whatnot. But they've been pretty steadily uh, updating and even getting some you know um, cast members of various Star Trek shows uh, and, and products projects. Uh, in the mix. And I believe the latest one has uh, Garrett Wang, which I think he probably had been a, a part of it before. Uh, but I can't remember. But this particular new update has um, uh, has uh, Nicole DeBoer, which is an uh, X-Redax from uh, DS9, 
the aforementioned Garrett Wang, Harry Kim, um, and uh, some other folks um, that that are that are around. So that's cool. Well, I hadn't heard Esri, hadn't heard or seen Esri in a minute, except for on um, Pluto TV. Regardless, uh, that's the thing. Like I said, that's the thing that is coming. If you are so inclined, hey, check it out. Next up, Microsoft has set a date. For its next gaming showcase, its second developer direct event will include more details on Avowed, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2, and strategy title Ara, History Untold. Apparently, most intriguingly, though, is Machine Games will at long last reveal details about its Indiana Jones game three years after the project was first announced. The Wolfenstein... Studio will offer up ten up over ten minutes of game and developer insights, along with the first gameplay trailer. We're all going to learn about the story and setting, and find out just how you'll control the legendary archaeologist. I have one thing to say: is that Indy, I'm so glad you're not dead. Yes, indeed. Uh, and and I was about to say shout out to Lucasfilm, but now we're not going to do that because they gave mm-hmm. up on that a while ago with that, with with their video game stuff. But that's another time for another. I'm kind of looking forward to this because I remember seeing the tease for this and it looked promising. Next up, though, um, you can build the monitor with McFarlane's. Well, we're going into a corner, by the way, uh, with McFarlane's store exclusive DC Wave, which includes. Um, we got a Superman. We have who the heck is these people? We got a Superman, a Flash. We got the Spectre. Um, is that that? That's a Wally West Kid yes, Flash. That's correct. Psycho Pirate, the Spectre, and Superman of Earth Two. Right, which is why he looks like he's so constipated. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see said uh, figures all in a row. Uh, as I scroll through the rest of it, and yeah, there you go. It hurts me to 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 see just you know rough renditions of characters that I grew up loving, like Wally West, Kid Flash, because I I've been you know I, I've been itching to build my own like Wolfman Perez, New Teen Titans, and this would be, you know he would be one of the members from that era in this costume and i'm just not a fan of the sculpt i'm not a fan of the way this this figure looks Hmm. just not gotcha uh well if you are a a fan of the sculpt the the four figure package deal oh wait it says uh there's a four figure package deal that is available but separately they are 40 bucks a piece looks like um so there there you go Next up. Dang, 40 Dang. Because it's exclusive to their online store. Right. Oh, lame. Well, you know. Anyway. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Seriously. Ugh. All right. Marvel releases the murder world that Time Forgot adventure for Demiplane. So this is for the role-playing game. Right. So, Age of Seven and I talked about this after the show last week. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up, because this came out last uh, in last December uh, as a thing. 
Uh, if you are a part of Marvel Unlimited, you probably would have gotten uh, an, uh, an email stating that there's a code for this, um, for a digital copy of this uh, adventure uh, that you can you know, um, uh, redeem at Demiplane for that. Now, the, the caveat is that, well, <clears throat> you would have to use it with um, Roll20 and Demiplane. Uh, if you, but if you're already in one or both of those, then you're already good, and or would probably need the base game to kind of to to, uh, to 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 mess with. I think uh, you can definitely read it <laughs> if not, because that's why I kind of took a took a gander at it uh, after I redeemed my code. So there is that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that's the thing. If you want more content for that um, uh, RPG, which I've not seen anybody run through yet, with the exception of one uh, thing that I've seen, um, but I've never seen anybody else doing any uh, do it run a campaign for it, which I would love to see and or be involved with. Anyway, next up, uh, whoops, come on, Marvel Legends Kristar figure review. Um, yeah, there you go, Kristar, uh, a character. <laughs> that you never thought you'd see a Marvel Legend of. Yes, out. that's the nice way of saying that. Yes, <laughs> but uh, this article pretty much goes through um, what all comes with the figure. Some shots here and there with all the accoutrement, uh, <coughs> and uh, yeah, that is there is there is that character. If you are so interested, uh, do we have a price here? But it's probably the. Uh, Marvel Legends price. So probably like what, uh, 30? I mean, 25? I think that's usually the going rate between 25 and 30 for these. Yeah, it doesn't tell you. Regardless, um, there you go. Next up. No, 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 no. It's usually 25. Yeah, that's what it's Yeah. Usually 24.99. Now you're going to make me take a look. Yeah. <laughs> Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Get them doggy scrolling. This is a figure review, though, so it's right. not surprising that it would be like buried in, forget the text, just buried uh, uh, somewhere. Amazingly, though, they really like this figure. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really read through it. I just thought, I'm, I'll just bring it up anyway. <laughs> Listen, I, all we ever knew about Chris R was that he was in those advertisements in the comics. True. It's true. You know, I never read a Chris R book. So it's very interesting that they did the Marvel Legend of it, right? Some would some would argue scraping the barrel, barrel, bottom of the barrel. I feel like a, a one William Bruce West would say something like that. I can't. I'm not going to speak for him saying that he did. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. But if he had, that sounds like something he would say about a character like that. Yeah, definitely. Next up, Marvel has announced that the X Men will appear in their first post Krakoa story on free comic book day later this year in 2024 a press release from marvel teases the aftermath of the x-men's current story um the fall of x crossover and so it's going to be split between blood hunt which is that big blade story and x-men number one right uh, and as we know, as we found out fairly recently, uh, X-Men number one proper will be um, mm. in July. 
So yeah, there you go. We look forward to seeing that on uh, Free Comic Book Day uh, in May. Ramen and didn't know. Anyway, Jadjo officially uh, introduces a major villain to New Canon with a blood soaked massacre. Um, technically, this has kind of been uh, already out there, but I guess, um, I guess they're finally realizing this is the case. So yeah, um, if you read the Duke book uh recently and i think i'm pretty sure the the preview of uh they might have even had it in the back of uh transformers now that i think about it but um but yeah cobra commander who's who's next up to get a a, a book um <clears throat> um uh has a has a, a few preview pages and it's uh they're definitely going away from the uh the cartoon <laughs> version in a in a certain way uh with the the level of violence but this article kind of uh talks about duke uh the what happens in duke one and a couple of things that i've mentioned when i talked about uh uh that book when we talked about it what about a week or two ago actually i think it was was that last week i think it was last week uh regardless um or was either week i think we're two weeks regardless i talked about it and yeah that stuff's coming. I'm still looking forward to it. Speaking of, Skybound releases first look at Transformers and G.I. Joe crossover, which also technically is a thing that's kind of already happened, but not in the sense that uh, what we traditionally have known of their crossovers with a, an event book. Um, and this, I guess, is spoilers for Duke uh, 2, which is going to be on sale in a couple of weeks. So I guess there's going to be a little bit more in the tying uh uh tying together of the two franchises uh in that particular book because in transformers 4 um there was nothing but we did see duke in transformers 3 spoiler alert (laughs) which you know came before his book came out so next up so apparently power rangers reveals the final fate of a beloved omega ranger uh okay there's a lot been going on in that thing that I've not been keeping up with. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. So this is spoilers for Rangers Academy number three. So apparently the fourth Omega Blue Ranger uh, is destined to lead a life beyond just being one of the Power Rangers in the future. Yale is the feline Nazca alien, blah, 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 blah. And they go on to uh, continue living on as... Let's see. Trying to figure it out. Scrolling. Oh, okay. So it becomes a becomes a uh, a faculty member, a teacher. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was about to say. I feel like there there's been a Power Ranger series where at the end of it there was a, a ranger that <laughs> pretty much went off to do something else other than that. So, in fact, there was because I just saw it recently. Anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book license renewed by IDW and uh, between IDW and Paramount. Um. According to this uh, Hollywood Reporter article, the deal will allow the publisher to release a number of projects tied to the 40th anniversary of the Turtles. So, yay! That is including the upcoming um, uh, Last Ronin to Revolution sequel to the Last Ronin, which I this one was already had already started. It's just on that weird bi-monthly timeline that the last book did. Um. And says here that a new installment of that is coming March 6th. So that's, yeah, that seems about right for that. 
Um, quote, we are delighted to continue our relationship with idea of publishing for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics and graphics, according to some big wig. Uh, after 40 years, there are still so many stories to be told, and we can't wait for everyone to see what's next, a.k.a. Oh, God, we have property we can actually make some money off of. That is my cynical view of it. That is not theirs, I'm sure, but just saying. Next up. All right, so um, we can take a look now at this article over at uh, uh, AIPTcomics.com with an exclusive first look of uh, TMNT, The Last Ronin 2, Re-Evolution number two over at IDW. You know, speaking of that previous article, hmm. this book will come out in, on May, on or around May 1st as uh, Radhika mentioned that bi-monthly schedule in order to give them time to, uh, you know, complete production on the book, I guess. And uh, you can take a look at these covers scrolling through the article. Actually, it's more than that because the, the first issue comes out on February 28th. So it's, it's the, but, the, but the last book did the March, same thing. April, where, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, March, April. So it's a little bit more than two months. It's like two months plus. Right. The, like I said, the last book did that too, where it was like, okay, it, it was a long stretch in between issues <laughs> to where right. you almost forget what happened in the things. But, you know, sure. Um, Nightwing officially debuts his new animal transformation and is the perfect choice, according to this Spring Rat article. Um, I guess, spoiler alert for Titans number six, which was what, last week? This week? Whatever. See. Titans number six. Uh, that was last week because uh, the, the miniseries came out this week. Right. Of, I remember. I, I talked mini. about this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he she transforms into a fox. So I guess that says something about what, what people think of Nightwing. Um. Next up, Thundercats are on <laughs> pre-sales. Thundercats are loose. Nice. Thundercats number one has over one hundred thousand pre-sales. Um, and this is the upcoming comic from Dynamite Entertainment. And uh, it is apparently a very highly anticipated comic of 2024. So, yeah, over 100,000 copies uh, ordered ahead of the final order cutoff date. Like I've said it when we, when we talked about it last year, uh, that this was going to be a thing. I'm kind of looking forward to this. It's Declan Shalvey and Drew Moss. Um, who, and Declan Shalvey did Time Before Time, you know, uh, previously. And they always done a couple of things, but that's the one I read from him. So, and also... I, he's not formed because he still draws, right? He still uh, does art in places, right? Say again, Declan Shaver. He still does art in places. I haven't seen anything. Maybe covers. Co- yeah, Nothing, maybe no interiors. I've seen covers, right? Because he's doing his own stuff he's now. Really so. shifted, right? He's really shifted over to doing his own stuff, writing mm-hmm. also, right? So, and time before time, just finished. So, you know, I guess this is like, well, we've got this coming up. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to this because you know Thunder Thundercats are go uh, or something or a lot something some of that apparent. They're on the loose. There you go. That's what I meant to say. And on pre-sale. Indeed. Uh, wait. Do we have a date? We do have a date, right? A February. release date. Uh, Fe- February seventh. Yeah, February Thundercats one will a lot will arrive February seventh, twenty twenty-four. There it is. Last. But not least, uh, going back to the Transformers, 
Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's Transformers adds a new artist for the next story arc, which I, I suppose, I suspect this was an inevitable thing to happen because, you know, doing the writing and the art, you know, kind of, kind of weighs on a person at a while. As far as I would know, I would not know, but, you know, sometimes that thing's one tends to suffer over the other from what I've seen in readings, books like that. Regardless, um, Skybound and Hasbro announced that starting with April uh, issue seven, uh, George Corona will be taking over art duties while Johnson will continue to write the series. Uh, Skybound has also revealed Corona's variant cover for Transformers number seven, uh, featuring Optimus Prime flanked by his fellow uh, Autobots, which if you're watching the video version, you can see right there. Uh, uh, if you're watching the video version and, uh, and the regular, everyone else that, um, um, the, that is on the creative team, Mike Spires is doing colors and, uh, variant covers by folks are still going to be the thing. So cool. Uh, yeah, no, I won't go any further. That's it folks. That is the end of our uh, news section. Let's get one last ad read in. Our last ad read of the night. You know what we read when it's late and we're tired. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the CSPN.us page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, specifically through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today! All right, folks, uh, let me do this. There we go. And that finger of that. And say that, uh, folks, we'll be back next week. Um, as far as I know, same bat time, same bat channel that, that we can think of. Either way, we will. Yes, look. yes, we won't have any interruptions in our schedule until the week after. Right. Um, and I'll, and we'll, we'll let you know more about that next week as our schedules become clearer. But I know for sure that my personal schedule has been updated and uh, it won't be next week, but the week after that will be slightly different. Indeed. And with that, you can check us out on our socials to kind of keep uh, keep abreast of that. I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Threads. Uh, PC underscore Dirt on Twitter, PopCultureNet on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com is on those umbrella sites. So umbrella sites therein. I, he could be on Threads. I don't even know. Um, also, Tim D O G G nine eight, who probably is also on Threads at this point. I don't know because um, I ain't there. Uh, but you can find him at uh, Tim Dogg98 on Twitter. You can find him at CB Cron on Twitter. You can find him at the uh, um, Click Nation on Twitter, theclicknation.com. And you can definitely find him over at comicbook.com where he's over there writing his face off. 
Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Lizard Podcast Network, that's CSPN.us. Do it today! Uh, you can also find us on your podcast place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Lizard Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. There may be a YouTube feed also if I uh, decide to pull the trigger on it. But I need to see a couple of things because you can do that now with uh, apparently. Okay. So, so, yeah, stay tuned for that if that happens. Uh, but you can definitely find this recording every Thursday night, 930, uh, most times, uh, Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation. And twitch.tv slash comic chronicles. Make sure to click like, subscribe, leave us all positive five-star reviews, and hit that notification button so you know when we're on live. Yeah, and shout out to the person uh, that uh, that messaged a little while ago saying, hey guys, uh, on YouTube. What's I up? I, I just saw it, so my apologies if you're still around. What's going uh, on? Yeah. Uh, with that, folks, this has been the Cumberland Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Almost over, y'all. Chicka. I really stand. Uh, uh, uh. Lights out, out.